Are you recording? Yeah, man. All right. Here we go. Welcome to episode 247 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. I'm Eric Mickles. And I am Nick Gunning. Yeah. And uh, Nick, how are you doing in quarantine? Oh, boy. Boy, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it's going okay. I mm-hmm. think, you know, having a, having a kindergartner with us at all times is, uh, <laughs> is trying. Trying to get him to do those school assignments and, uh, and that sort of thing has been, uh, it's been a unique challenge. But, right. you know, for the most part, can't complain yeah. too much. What about you? Yeah. I'm good. I've been printing out a lot of inspirational posters like that, and then like charging that people like $25. Yeah, it's, it's cat. Hang, hang in it's there. It's like the cat poster, hang in there, but it's a picture of me. Oh. <laughs> so I then charge people $25 for that poster. You, you know what? Your wife should put those up on the Etsy store that she just started because... That's true. Yeah, Miss Music I, Box. Listen, I would buy one is all I'm saying. A, a picture of me on a branch saying hang in there? Yeah. Yeah. If those right, are for cool. sale, you got yeah. your first. You got your first sale. Yeah. That's all. That's all I'm going to tell you. Right. Uh, victory. It's a verb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it that way, but. <laughs> uh, yeah. My my quarantine is definitely different than your quarantine, mainly You're... because instead of a child, you have I don't the have a you, child. you have the Criterion Channel. That's the I difference. Have the criterion Channel. That's the difference. Yeah. So. It's a big difference. Man, should I? I this isn't bookmark mode. I, let's just go into bookmark mode. Do it. So back in uh, for Christmas, mm-hmm. on Christmas Day, my wife got me a four-month subscription to the Criterion channel. Right. Which is pretty cool. And it just expired. Actually, it expired just, last week. I was just going to say, Christmas was uh, five months ago now. but Yeah, it just on. expired. But every day for the past week, I've been getting an email saying, by the way, your account will expire the 5th. And then the next day, like, it will expire the 6th. There's a ghost in the machine. Yes. That's Um, that's how I feel. How you're feeling right now is how I feel when on Hulu, the commercial starts to load, but then it freezes and skips back to the episode. mm -hmm. That's that's the jackpot. That's money in your pocket. (laughs) Wouldn't, Wouldn't trade that joy for anything. So I watched Samurai. I watched the Samurai trilogy. Samurai, Samurai one, two, and three. Was Samurai I Amurai in there, or is that different? No, that's just Thirty Rock. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, Mifuni Films. In January, they did a whole sci-fi, seventy oh. uh, sci-fi month, which was yeah. sweet. So out of the ones I hadn't seen, I watched uh, No Blade of Grass, THX, A Boy and His Dog, Rollerball, Death Race Two Thousand, and Dark Star. I, I have always been curious about THX. Is it good? Is it worth watching? It's George it's, Lucas, right? It's it's a effects reel in a lot of ways. Okay, and now it's, now much like the Star Wars movies, he's George Lucas has gone and like messed with that a million times too, right? I think he has. Yeah, yeah. he's added stuff because I was watching something like, oh, those are good special effects from the seventies. Yeah, They're not they were changed sometime during the prequel era, I think. Now that's the one with Ron Howard driving around in a Nash Rambler, listening to nineteen fifties music. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, Richard Dreyfuss yes. decides not to go to Vietnam or something. Not going to go. I can't remember. Something like that. Uh, I watched In the Heat of the Night, Urban oh. Rashomon, okay. The Beast, Birdman of Alcatraz, wow. The Man Who Fell to Earth, mm-hmm. The Big Heat, The Getaway, Eraserhead, Near Dark, Hollywood Shuffle, Red Beard, In a Lonely Place, 
Mulholland Drive, Picnic at Hanging Rock, and A Colt is My Passport. Wow. Is Caddyshack 2 in the Criterion Channel? Or is that not it's gotten... not. It's not. I think yet. it's just in the Criterion Collection. Okay. So you can still buy the Blu-ray, but yeah. it's not on their channel. On Probably the channel. a rights thing. I'll tell you what. The I've always wanted to get the the uh, Criterion Collection version of the Michael Douglas movie, The Game, because it's one of my all-time favorite movies, and I would love to do mm-hmm. a deep dive into that. Are you a fan of that movie? I've never seen it. Have you? Oh, well, if it's on the channel and your subscription expired it just ended it expired oh, today oh. i finally put the little locks up it's like we saw that you watched the cult as my passport last night yeah enjoying it yeah Click. wow Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like high. swimming in your neighbor's pool when you think they're out of town is basically yeah. what you what you've been doing. I was riding high. I'm like they're never going to expire this and I just was adding more and more films to my to watch list. Good for you. <laughs> so, listen, I don't know if you've ever seen Hollywood Shuffle. It is hilarious. No. I have never seen it until just recently when I watched it and it killed me. I have seen Hollywood Homicide with Harrison Ford. Is that no. similar? Different. No, different, different. different. I don't different. think Hollywood homicide is considered to be funny by anybody. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, agree to disagree. I guess <laughs> no. That's that's a terrible movie. Not even not even uh, Josh Hartnett was able to bounce back from that. He's yeah. yeah. Who knows where he is now? You know, he turned down Chris Nolan for the role of Batman. Like it was offered to him. I did hear that, and I also heard he was in the running for Superman at one point. He they were mm, he was, yeah. he was in talks. So. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was going around as a name for a lot of stuff. But his, like his when you star look back burned on it, too bright. Yeah, I don't even know what like he was super famous for at the time. Hollywood Homicide? No, there was Sorry. something else. Okay. I mean, he, he probably hit it big with one of my favorite movies, uh, Black Hawk Down. Oh, yeah. I don't think like anybody was like, Josh Hartnett. I don't know. He was in The Virgin Suicides. Maybe he was bigger than I'm giving credit for. Mm-hmm. Sin City. Okay. So that's, All what right. we, that's what we've been watching. Have you, have you tackled any books? Or are you still on a book hiatus? I'm not on a book hiatus. I'm just on a book like, I don't want to read. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything. Okay. Uh, but I am reading The World Without Us by Alan Weissman. Mm-hmm. Miniseries called Life yeah. After People, and then they turn that into yeah. a, a couple seasons of a show. Yeah, I was fascinated by that show. Is the book good? Yeah, I watched the uh, the mini. I mean, the book's good. It's um, it's a bit slow. I just want to get to the parts like talk about how the subway systems turns into an underwater canal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like how sky- more- skyscrapers were like jungles and that sort of thing. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cats have wings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the Animorphs. You're still thinking of the Animorphs. Like it talks about how, or at least the documentary had, the book hasn't yeah. yet, about like which dogs will yeah. survive. Right. Uh, out of all the dogs we've bred, which ones will actually survive in this new world? Mm-hmm. Or like if zoos collapse, what will the ecosystem look like if like rhinos are now part of the American mm. West? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how long like I love the buildings show. will I love that stay show. up. So. There would still be lights or some sort of power on until like the Hoover Dam collapse oh yeah that's one of the last things to go yeah uh so that's the book i'm reading okay i am reading so many x-men's right uh i don't even remember what the last x-men's that i said i was reading was i finished x-men gold i finished x-men blue i finished x-men red i finished a certain x-men comics era okay uh the pre-exterminated era basically okay uh so those were fine gold had its moments it was trying to be a bit nostalgic a bit retro it was trying to harken back to the chris claremont era it didn't really succeed in a lot of ways because it told a lot of boring stories with a lot of boring new characters okay there was the wedding issue where colossus and kitty pride were supposed to get married the x-men blue and extermination wrap up the whole 
X-Men from the 60s and the present storyline. Okay. Uh, Extermination was better than I thought it was going to be, mainly because it kind of feels important. I've realized while reading this stuff, I just need stories to feel like they have weight to them. Sure. Either they just need to be 100% goofy fun or they need to have some weight to them because I have a hard time just reading filler stuff. And so Extermination weirdly had some weight, but I'm pretty sure it's the artist who, like, I'm in love with his work. Yeah, yeah. That one. Uh, I read X-Men Black, which is a bunch of one-shots about X-Men villains, but a really funny, really funny issue went to Mojo. Listen, this whole X-Men gold and on, Mojo has been in a lot of different places. Don't take your headphones off. Sorry, 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 sorry. He's been, he was so funny. I don't know. In X-Men Gold, they kind of played Mojo instead of being the uh, role of like the publisher making bad calls on titles. He's playing now the role of like the long-term fanboy who's the real fan. He oh. doesn't want all these new characters. He wants all the classic characters he grew up loving. Nice. I kind of dug that. Uh, I finished Old Man Logan, and so I also read Dead Man Logan, which finishes up the Old Man Logan run. I started that run, and somewhere along yeah. the way, I just got away from it. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like Old Man Logan himself. I guess so. Was yeah. it was it good? I mean, is it worth picking up again? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that series. It, the, the solo series, Old Man Logan, was like, pretty good because it felt sort of separate from the other stuff and was able to do its own thing okay uh able to like do some unique stuff with old man logan whereas when he was just in the other stuff like if he's in an x-men title he kind of just fades into the background yeah i read a multiple man series by matthew rosenberg and i love the character multiple man this book was stupid it was trying to be funny but it was not it was bad i read mr and mrs x a rogan gambit series which was really fun uh, I finished an X-23 series. I finished a Domino series. I read The Return of Wolverine. I finished the Iceman series, X-Force's new series, and also Uncanny X-Men 1 through 10. It's in uh, X-Men Disassembled. This is all leading up to the Age of X-Men miniseries, series thing. But I actually really enjoyed those 10 issues. It really felt like stuff was happening. Hmm. Uh, it was cool. And I also read some Punisher. Nice. Punisher got the War Machine armor. That was fun. Okay. He does with it what you imagine he would do with the War Machine sure, armor. Sure. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so right now I'm reading the six, it's six different miniseries, the Age of X-Men thing. So I'm reading those as part of my X-Men reading. So you've been reading a lot of Marvel comics. Absolutely. I, yeah. I too, have been reading a lot of Marvel comics. Uh, I see. Yeah, you started so you could get back to finish your Hulk run. I did. Yes. This uh, is a Hulk, the... Hulk run that I was reading as they came out back in 2013. And yeah. I got away from it, but with your help. We were both doing it, and then you you stopped, and I think I finished it, but after I like I moved to Florida, mm. like and I used that library system to do it because yeah. it got really confusing which book yes. you were supposed to read in what order. Yeah. Yeah. And so I you you helped me figure out how to get back on track with that, and so I did. Mm. Uh, and so I finished the Fall of the Hulks, World War yeah. Hulks zone. We oh. talked we talked about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. After that, I feel like it sort of finds its groove back again. The main Hulk series, which starts to follow just Red Hulk, um, mm. becomes this really colorful, like splashy, kind of like what you were saying. It's it's not super heavy on substance, but it is just like big and crazy yeah. and fun. And so I was having a great time with this. There's, there's a volume in particular called uh, Hulk Scorched Earth. And it's just Steve Rogers sending Red Hulk on basically a Suicide Squad type mission. And he ends up on a planet with, like, dinosaurs with Green Hulk, and they're just, like, fighting crazy dinosaurs. I loved it. It was some of the the best Hulk that I've ever read. I put that right on the top. So after that, we go into a bit of a Planet Hulk retread with Planet Red Hulk. 
that one didn't do it for me at all because it tried to do be a little bit more serious and it tried to be a little bit more grounded in its look and it was just like uh-uh bring mm-hmm. back the primary colors and the big ball of destruction that's what i want when i read hulk <laughs> i've had a good time yeah. uh, with the marvel unlimited app i read a lot of iceman i also wow. read a silver surfer called silver surfer devolution by greg peck I didn't really like it. It was about Silver Surfer losing his powers and just becoming human again. And mm-hmm. I'm not really invested in Silver Surfer, so for him to have that like paradigm shift didn't really hit me, but that's more on me than anything else. Yeah. I am yeah. currently reading still Murder She Wrote, A Time for Murder. This is oh. one of the this is actually the most recent book. It's book fifty in the series. Uh, and this is this is written by John Land rather than Donald Bain, who was a longtime writer on those. The two I've read with this new author have been better than the series has been in a long time, so I'm having a good time with it. But my reading has been really slow. I think that's why I've been reading a lot of comic books, because I've just been sort of... I have the app on my phone, and so when I have a few minutes here and there... And I think that requires, like, absolute brain power. I don't have it right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's what I've been saying. It's like I've just been sticking to real comfort food type stuff, but even that, I'm finding it's taking me way longer to do... At the beginning of... I don't know. At the beginning of lockdown, like, I wasn't really watching movies or TV shows or anything. I was yeah. playing video games, and I was reading, and I had, I was coming up with all the stuff I was going to do. And it, after a while, I was like, brain no want to focus. I didn't want to put energy into any video games that required any brain power. I didn't want to read. So now, yeah, I have been watching just a bunch of movies yep. and reading a bunch of comics and just... Yeah. Looking outside and like, do you remember the aquarium? Uh, with my son, we watched Shazam Magic and Monsters, which is... You a, have a son? Yes. No, I'm kidding. Which is a Lego movie. Our friend John Davey was not in it, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Sean Astin reprises his role as Shazam. And it was kind of a sequel to the to the Lego Batman movie Family Matters, which was really good. There was a little Shazam tease in that, and I thought it was just kind of an Easter egg. But actually, okay. this movie, Shazam Magic and Monsters, picks up right where that movie lefts off and has some tie-overs to that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought that Shazam movie was connected to uh, Batman Family Matters, but it was. I okay. enjoyed both of these movies quite a lot, and I've been really hit and miss with these, like the superhero Lego movies. Sometimes I'm just right. like, bull. But both of these, Family Matters and Shazam Magic and Monsters, my son really liked, and I really liked too. So, but you know, af- after last week, I've been in a Shazam mood anyway, so it was, a, sure. it was just, just the right I time to do that. I don't know if I've watched any like new shows. We finished Shit's Creek, yeah. the five seasons. We mm-hmm. haven't watched the sixth season because it's not on Netflix yet. We just like binged through that, and we're pretty sad when we were caught up. We watched Middleditch and Schwartz on okay. Netflix. Yeah. It's three episodes, three hour long episodes of uh, Thomas Middleditch. Okay. You'd recognize him if you saw him. He's from Silicon Valley. And Ben Schwartz. Yeah. And it's an improv show. They ask one audience member questions about something that they're looking forward to or dreading and then kind of delve in with more questions. And then they base the next hour of improv off of what they were doing. Okay. And it's very funny. Cool. Speaking of Ben Schwartz, did you watch the Parks and Recreation special? That was fun. It's a little bit too sappy for me. It's definitely sappy, but I felt like, I mean, everybody was involved, and I thought they all really nailed the characters. Sometimes when you revisit, it doesn't feel the same, but I thought that really felt right to me. Yeah. So I think they did the best they could with with what they I I was impressed with that. I I, I I forgot. I always forget that uh, Ron Swanson and Tammy, too, are actually really married in real life. I know. Uh, Megan Mullally. So, like, when when the camera turned and she was there, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. She's in lockdown with him. That was yeah. funny. Yeah. We watched the SNLs at home. Yeah. So much fun to see them bring back. What's up with that? Oh, I know. 
Yeah. That was so, that was so I agree. Funny. Especially in that thing, because they, they brought back, uh, what's his name? Jason uh, Sudeikis. They brought the, him back to the dancing. Yeah. dancing. I know. And Fred Armisen on the saxophone. Yep. That was good that stuff. That was great. Fun stuff. And Adam Sandler was yeah. so funny. He was in really his little funny. cameo yeah. bit for that yeah. song. Yeah. And uh, Rob Schneider showing up. Yeah, that was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. We watched Atomic Blonde. I don't know. We've just been watching a bunch of stuff. I can't yeah. go through it all. I, I finished a game. I've been playing through a game, a game called Miles and Kylo. Are you familiar with this? No. You know what? I think you would dig Mega Man X. I don't know okay. if you uh, you have that collection, but I, I don't. I think no. it makes some improvements with the Mega Man franchise. I mean, I'm talking about a game from 1994. Right. But it makes if you liked the original Mega Man games, I think you would dig Mega Man X. I'll put it on the uh, list. You should, you should check that out. But yeah. Uh, all right. Now you can get into... Uh, the news I'm well it's now. still video game but uh but it's, oh, it's video fine. it's video game news and that that has to do with the game star wars jedi fallen order jedi oh fallen yeah order. is this news well it's a little it's a little bit news a, a few weeks back when when amanda and i had an impromptu discussion about uh, star wars games we were talking about this game a little bit because we both have similar frustrations with it with with the mechanics feeling very dated and i was saying like i don't think anybody really cared about this game and it just i wasn't seeing really good reviews or hearing a lot about it did you have that experience too Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah. Super popular. Okay. All right. So yeah. then I guess I'm just totally missing it then. Yeah. But after that, like after having that conversation, I see that they've announced that it's that it's basically the start of a new Star Wars franchise. Like mm-hmm. EA has, has confirmed that it's the start of a new yeah. like trajectory and there's going to be like more games in this coming. Oh, yeah. And now there's a huge patch, like a, like a 40 gig patch. Um, yeah, that I, I think they added some stuff that I can't download because we just downloaded the whole Halo collection and it took up mm. all my took up all my space. So oh right, because on the Xbox you do have all the games. On PC yeah. they're releasing them like a title at a time. Oh, with months in between no. because they were never uh, only the first two games were ever on the PC. I think mm-hmm. I'm so excited because I've only ever played the first Halo game all the oh, way through, okay. which yeah. I love. It was one of my favorites. And I did the co-op mode as a kid. It was, it's so much fun. So well, that, yeah, that's exactly why I got it. Cause we've been looking for a cool co-op game. So we got that. Uh, and even that I had to, it's huge. So I had to clear a bunch of stuff off, which was, yeah. I was glad... co uh Halo with you could do it local. Just my wife and I are going to play. Oh, fun. Yeah. It, I, so many, so many times did my friend get deciding he was going to get in the warthog and drive away. So I throw a sticky grenade on him. And that wow. blows up, and just we didn't get anything done. Good times. All right. There's no, there's no crossplay yet, though. Yeah. PC and co-op, which I think is absolutely insane. It is insane. because it's just a Microsoft game. I know. I don't so get it. I don't understand if they're waiting until they're all out or something. It's it's so frustrating because those games are great co-op. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it. There's so much, uh, like, so many books you can read in the Halo verse. <laughs> All right. And there's actually, I think it's, it's either Halo 4 or 5. There's a Halo game where people complain that it expected you to have read, like, the book trilogy leading oh, up to it. Okay. I don't remember what it is, but, like, if you're into, you know, expanded novelizations of that stuff, and we Halo know that, has And we know that I am. All right, let's All right. take a look at the Edgar Awards. Edgar Awards. Edgar Awards, of course, announced every year by the Mystery Writers. So let's go. Let's go ahead and take a look at this. This is over on the Edgars.com. Yeah. I'm going to save Best right. Novel for last. 
Oh, what a mystery! I know, I know. So what are, are we, we starting with? Well, let's just start with best first novel, and we'll sort of go down from there. Best fish novel. First. You said fish, but it's first. Did you say fish? Oh, you know what? I'm looking at our Robert L. Fish Memorial. Oh, there you go. So, really, there's a reason so, for you to say fish. There's a riot going on from Milwaukee Noir. Understood. All right. Yeah. The best first novel, the winner went to Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. Ah, uh, sure. Best. How do you feel about noir? Uh, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that is so easy to overdo or to make campy or cheesy that I think mm -hmm. it's a dangerous proposition. But I think mm -hmm. when done well, it's very good. I like neo-noir. It's one of those things where, like, I want to really like classic 1950s film noir. Yeah. And then you watch it and, like, oh, it's just a still painting and somebody <laughs> being like, oh, wait, the gun's here. Yep. I guess I like things that appreciate and work with what made noir cool in the 50s yeah. but it's harder to go back to like even like the maltese falcon it's just watching somebody fritter away his day until he's like there's the falcon <laughs> best paperback original <laughs> the, <laughs> the hotel never sink by adam o'fallon price best fact crime the less Ooh, people know right. about us a mystery of betrayal family secrets and stolen identity by axton betts yeah. hamilton mm, best critical slash biographical Hitchcock and the Censors by John Billheimer. Mm. You know, this is one of those this is one of those times where all of a sudden everybody's writing about the same thing, but I feel like there are a million Hitchcock books coming out lately. Really? So, yeah, I haven't we, noticed that. We must be coming up on some sort of anniversary or something, I don't know. Best short story, One of These Nights from Cutting Edge, New Stories of Mysteries and Crime by Women Writers by Livia Llewellyn. Uh, the winner for Best Juvenile is Me and Samson Handle the Apocalypse by Susan Vaught. I, I I'm like, familiar with this book. I like the title. Yeah, okay. How about that? Yeah, they got the whispers up there. Whispers is cool. Okay. Young adult, Catfishing on Catnet by Naomi <laughs> Kritzer. Okay. Uh, I I'm familiar with this, but also uh, I'm in quarantine, so I'm not familiar with anything anymore. Sure, yeah. Patron Saints of Nothing is there, and The Deceivers are there. I'm now, familiar I, with those. So. I remember that we talked about Patron Saints of Nothing, because that was up for a National Book Award. Yes, Best TV episode teleplay. We have a couple here of a of an Acorn TV show called Line of Duty, which I haven't actually watched yet, but it's on my list. I keep getting people recommending it to me. Manhunt is at the library. Manhunt, yep, with, uh, yeah. oh, what is that guy's name? The guy from Doc Martin. Martin Clunes is his name. Yeah, yeah. I've heard good things about that as well. But the winner is a Line of Duty teleplay by Jed Mercurio for a season five, season five, episode four. Oh, congratulations, and episode four. Our first posthumous Mary Higgins Clark Award goes All to... Right. The Night Visitors by Carol Goodman. Mm -hmm. The G.P. Putnam's son Sue Grafton Memorial Award goes to Borrowed Time by Tracy Clark. Speaking uh, of mysteries, yes. I also just finished watching season two of Mindhunter. And I only had four episodes, so I just binged them all. It deals with the... I mean, this is old news now, but season two was dealing with the Atlanta child murders. Okay. And it's just so frustrating because yeah. they were never solved. Mm. I mean, they, they recently reopened the case, but like 27 victims still unaccounted for in terms wow. of uh, their killer. And watching the show, it's just so frustrating to see like the FBI goes to visit people who are involved, who have lost people. And like, you're the first person to come talk to me. And you're just like, what? That's insane. <laughs> what? That's completely insane. So it, it's a dark show. The thing that I that works for me with Mindhunter is it is very dark. There is gruesome stuff in there, mm -hmm. but a lot of it, talk like when they interview the serial killers and they're talking about it it's not that they're showing the murders and everything okay so i think maybe that's just it like i don't have to see any of it i just you know what i mean but right. anyway 
I like the season. I hope it comes back. There's word that it might not ever come back. Oh. The director wants to do other stuff in between, and Netflix doesn't want to have the actors on hold. Speaking of TV shows not coming back and our earlier conversation of comfort food, my wife and I have been watching a lot of sitcoms, and one that is like the ultimate in comfort food is a Matt LeBlanc CBS sitcom called Man with a Plan. Oh, I saw that got canceled. It's Sorry. It's just one of those, you know, it's, it's him and Kevin Nealon from SNL, and it's just, it's sort of, it had its premise in season one, and then it just kind of moved past that and was just like these are all Mm -hmm. old pro actors who are just funny and work well together and it's been one that we've really enjoyed so yes i was i was sad to see that season four will be its last but you know a four season run pretty solid these days it's it's hard a season more than matthew perry that's true that's very true anyway for for more on the edgars you can go to edgars theedgars.com and that'll give you the full list of nominees all of the winners as well as some of the other awards that were given out so that's theedgars.com oh did we say the winner of best novel Oh, no, we didn't. Good call. The winner right, of the, the best novel of the Edgar Awards yeah. is The Stranger Diaries by Ellie Griffiths. Hmm. The nominees for best novel were Fake Like Me mm-hmm. by Barbara Orland, The River by Peter Heller. Which we Smoke featured. We, do you remember? We, you featured, or I think I featured The River on a Sexy New Book Club. Yeah, for, you did talk about ago. that. Yeah. Which one was that? Oh, it was a long time I don't ago. Remember. Long time ago. Smoke and Ashes by Abir Makarje. And Good Girl, Bad Girl by Michael Robin. Robotham. Or okay. Botham. <laughs> what? One more. One more. You know what the problem is? What? I'm, I'm focusing on the robo part. Yeah. Yeah. And are you thinking of are you thinking of Jim Carrey's performance as Dr. Robotnik in Sonic the Hedgehog? Is that okay. why you're getting distracted? Uh, also, I've been on a Peter Ware kick. He directed The Truman Show. Oh, yeah. I like The Truman Show. And He's pretty solid. I remember that because he said... Jim Carrey, Truman Show, there's an interview with Jim Carrey where he talks about somebody's like, what what sequels would you like to make? And he said he wouldn't want to make the Truman Show too, but he's always thought of Truman after the Truman Show and how oh, yeah. everybody's now filming themselves and recording their lives. Yeah. And it's basically what he tried to escape. And he feels that Truman would be just as lonely outside the bubble as he was in the bubble. And that's very sad. That's probably true. You know, I've anyway. seen Dumb and Dumberer, and I don't think he should make any more sequels. But but I am eagerly anticipating season two of Kidding, which is coming out soon, the Showtime series. That was such a weird, kooky, mildly upsetting show in season one (laughs) and and ended in in a very unexpected way. And I just need to know what happens. I watched that whole first season in one sitting. And as you know, I I never, never do that. So yeah. That one just got me. Oh, boy. Let's see. I've lost track. Where are we at now? Oh, I guess we're still in book news. You want to talk a little bit about the old New York Times bestseller list? We'll see what... I mean, it's been a yeah, minute. This will so... lead into our, this will lead into our uh, topic. It will. Because this is the bestsellers list. We're using combined print and ebook fiction. Good call. Right now. So the top 10, we've got Masked Prey by John Sanford. This is the 30th book in mm-hmm. the Prey series. Washington politicians ask Lucas Davenport to look into someone who is targeting their children. Number nine, The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. A scholarly young woman named Anna meets an 18-year-old Jesus and becomes caught up in the confluence of dangers. Sorry, did you say an 18-year-old Jesus? Yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, I imagine that is what they're going for, yes. Hmm. Okay. Unless it's, you know, just... Just a kid who's also named Jesus at 18. I was just checking. I just wasn't sure what we're doing, but okay. Oh, yeah. 18-year-old Jesus caught up in a confluence of dangers. Number eight, American Dirt by Jenny Cummins. A bookseller flees Mexico for the United States with her son while pursued by the head of a drug cartel. Number seven is Normal People by Sally Rooney. 
The connection between a high school star athlete and a loner ebbs and flows when they go to Trinity College in Dublin. Mm-hmm. The wedding dress by Daniel Steele sure. uh, is new this week. The triumphs and losses of one family over the last century are recounted as a symbolic piece of apparel gets handed down throughout the generations. The wedding like dress, that kind of stuff. that's a pretty generic title. I mean, yes, they often are with the Daniel Steele books. It's kind of like John Grisham. I mean, it's always the something. But... Yeah. But that's yeah. that one even for even by Daniel Steele standards. I feel like that title okay. could use a little punching up. What else have we got? Walk the Wire at number five by David Baldacci, the sixth book in the Memory Man series. Ooh. Decker and Jameson investigate a murder in North Dakota town in a fracking boom. Oh. Do you think that's a boom? Like they were fracking and somebody was like, Man, I just gotta get a smoke on and then boom. boom. Probably. That's probably it. <laughs> Speaking of the wire. How was your rewatch of The Wire? Or I guess your watch for the first time. You were doing that a while yeah, back. Yeah, the first time. I'm on season four. Season four. So I'm on I'm on season, I'm on episode three of season four. Okay. I haven't watched it during this because it's so heavy. Well, if, uh, if, it, if it sweetens the pot at all, uh, beloved t- TV icon Henry Winkler recently tweeted about discovering The Wire and how phenomenal it was. So if, mm, that, if that tips the scales. I, anyway, number four, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens in a quiet town in North Carolina. Oh! <gasps> Coast in 1969, a young woman who survived alone in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. You know what? During this time of lockdown, that marsh woman, she's queen. Yeah, she is. She, she's 100% prepared for this. She is queen. And I got to tell you, um, this book's never going to go away because it's out in like a fancy commemorative definitive edition. So it's here to stay. Oh, and yeah, I mean, just a lone woman living in a marsh right now. We all wish we were self-sufficient. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, Little Fires Everywhere. Celeste NG, an artist upends a quiet town outside Cleveland, which just finished its uh, season, first season, or however long it's going on Hulu. I've only heard good things about that. I've heard a lot of yeah. good things from Kevin Smith, actually, about that. Oh, yeah. So, okay. You know. Number two, If It Bleeds by Stephen King, two weeks on the list. Four novellas, mm-hmm. Mr. Harrington's Phone, The Life of Chuck, Rat, and If It Bleeds. Listen, after the Institute, I just am not I'm not in a Stephen King mood. He is not the author I would pick up at this time. Probably not. Trapped at home for weeks. Let, let me pick up The Shining. I know. I, I was thinking, oh, that's a book about isolation. But then I was like, I'm going to keep yeah. that off the list. I'm going to keep that yeah. off the list. So. Uh, number one, Camino Wins by John Grisham. The line between fact and fiction becomes blurred when an author of thrillers is found dead after a hurricane hits Camino Island. You know, Camino Island was kind of like a dark horse for me because I did not expect to suddenly have Camino Island there and enjoy it because I was on a stretch of not liking John Grisham's, but Camino Mm -hmm. Island really worked for me. So I am looking forward to reading this. And that brings us to segment time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got a... Do we have a special isolation theme? Gosh, I don't know. You know, we should ask Ben to do one real quick. He's not doing anything. I know, right? What, is he busy? Forget Help it. Help me, I'm stuck in the house all day. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Ben, did you have a good time doing that Dragnet episode we did a few uh, few weeks back? That was fun, yeah. Yeah, it's right in the podcast. Yeah, if, we, if you haven't heard... I mean, you edited it well because we were definitely as focused as we used to be on stage during the earlier rehearsals <laughs> uh, just doing that. I mean... To put in context, when Nick was directing at Houghton College and uh, after the whole casting process, those first early rehearsals, nothing got done. It, we'd all sit there. Like, I'm surprised we even got like the pages we were supposed to in that time. Most of it was just making fun of each other, yeah. realizing somebody said something stupid or uh, 
talking about Spider-Man casting. <laughs> the early rehearsals of any play are really more about yes. cast bonding than getting to it. But if you don't know sure. what we're talking about, you can find it in the podcast feed or on the library's YouTube page. But mm-hmm. Eric and I and lots of past podcast guests joined us to film an episode yeah. to record an episode of Dragnet, uh, an episode that originally aired in 1953. Among those was Ben Lehman, Ben Lehman, who's our uh, music maestro here for the podcast. But it was a fun experience because, you know, in one scene, the scene with you, uh, Michael, who played Joe Friday, and Ben Lehman, who played Harry Allison, all three of you were in a different state. And so, like, putting that all together... Uh, it was it was a fun experience, and we've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of nice comments about that so far. You can find that in a podcast feed. You can find it on YouTube. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about some other things that you can do in isolation. So if you don't feel like recording an episode of the 1950s radio show Dragnet, <laughs> uh, maybe you can check out some of, some of these books uh, that that might help yeah. you through the isolation. So this is the first of a three-part series we're going to be doing here on the All the Books show, where we take a look at some things to get you through the isolation. Uh, as we mentioned, this week we're going to be talking about uh, lockdown books. Yeah. Eric, let me ask you this. This was your idea to do this uh, segment, and I want to know, did you mm-hmm. have a specific like rubric for how you were choosing these books? Because I'm going to be real honest. I, 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 I didn't, didn't, because part of me was like, okay. am I reading, am I picking books that are similar to the situation going on right now? Or am I just picking books that I think will take up your time and yeah. help ease you through this? Yep. And I think I landed on the ease you through this. Yeah. Though, again, I've been reading Life Without Us. And one book I've really been going back to in my head, I haven't picked it up to reread it, but I've been thinking about it, has been The Plague Okay. by uh, Camus. Yeah. Yeah, that that one I just keep thinking about because of how it really just looks at it, how a bunch of different people handled the situation. And there's that one guy, the whole plague situation and the quarantine, it's kind of his best time. It's like when he starts excelling as a person. And then when quarantine is done and the plague is receded, he can't really handle it. And uh, because he's he's built himself up in this new structure. And so, like, opening up that town back to the world is kind of thrown through a loop. And I've been kind of, like, as things are slowly, like, reopening, I've kind of been like, I don't want to go back out there. I don't want to go back out there. Yeah. So I'm thinking a lot about that book. I'll say, here's a book that I've been thinking about a lot, and that's The Scarlet Plague by Jack London. So you remember oh, we, right. we, yeah, we did sure. our we did our Jack London spotlight back in February before like things really hit the fan, but that book was written you know a hundred years ago, but it was set about now and it was all about a plague that just like decimated the world and, and changed everything for everyone yeah. so that everything going forward was completely different and people were sort of mm-hmm. thinking back on this like pre plague time and it is I'm I wouldn't read it now because it would be so <laughs> it would be so upsetting but. It's um, crazy how that happens. The first book that I'm going to mention is one that I've talked about on the podcast before, though not for a while, and it's called Desert Solitaire by Edward Abbey. So this is a nonfiction book, and it kind of checks both boxes. It's both... Oh, um, I love boxes yet, Jack. I know. It's about isolation, <laughs> but it's also about like exploring the great outdoors. So this is a nonfiction book, and it's written from the time when he was a park ranger in Utah and just had you know mm-hmm. oversight over this huge area and would walk around completely by himself, explore this whole place. And there's some dangerous moments where he you know he gets in a place where he could, he was able to get down but not get back up. There's there's like the Chumbawamba song. Life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was pissing the night away. Um, but this book, to me, I just found captivating. And sometimes he does come off as like a real pretentious jerk. Like sometimes he really feels like he's the only one who understands the outdoors and how to how to commune with the outdoors. 
And it's sort Mm -hmm. of part biography and part philosophy. But I think as a whole, the book really works. And and I I would Mm -hmm. recommend that. I think now is a good time to read it because, like I said, it gives you the best of both worlds. It deals with the isolation, but it also deals with freedom. So it's an interesting read. What do you got? You'd say the book is talking about freedom? Yeah. Freedom! Yeah. (laughs) Freedom! Thank you. I was just checking. Yeah, you're right. No, that's the right kind. I was just checking if it was talking about that. All hey, right. L- let me ask uh, you, because I sort of wondered if this was on both of our lists. Do you have The Martian on your list? I don't have The Martian. Oh, okay. I see you have The Martian on your list. I did. Well, I, I assumed that would be one that we could both agree on, because that's the ultimate in yeah, uh, it's, Castaway yeah, sure. story. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's a Castaway story. Absolutely. And the ultimate castaway. Yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm feeling a little bit of a of a kinship with him because that character spends most of his time eating prepackaged food and watching like sitcoms from the seventies. Yeah. So I can yeah. I can relate to that. But what what's on your list? What's your first up? First one I'm gonna pick is Our Dumb Century by okay. the Onion. All right. It's it's a collection of the Onion, so I don't know if it counts as a book book. Yeah, it doesn't it, count. Yes, as of a course book, it counts book. as a book, yes. So what the onion did with this thing, and I don't even know how I got this copy. I think I just picked it up when I was a janitor at a college. But they act as if the onion has been around for a hundred years. <laughs> and like the first thing in here, and so they like print them out like in the nineteen hundreds. And so they they print it out in the old style of like newspapers and everything, how that would look. And so they basically go through the century and it is so funny. The whole Nixon thing becomes like a three part thing about Nixon on the run from the feds and it all ended in a shootout. Nice. I think right now it's kind of nice to go back and realize, you know what? We've always been stupid. <laughs> we've always, we as, as yeah. a society, we've always kind of sucked and we've always done very stupid things. And in 20, 30, 50, 100 years, we are going to be made fun of just as much as we're making fun of the Titanic in this one. And you take comfort in that. I guess I take comfort in it. And that, like, (laughs) we're just part of a long, (laughs) long history of of dumb creatures making dumb choices. I mean, it's just very funny. The headline for the day the Titanic goes down says, world's largest metaphor hits iceberg. Uh, so, you know, depending on how much you, how funny you find that kind of stuff, it's nice to remind you that you're part of a bigger picture and yeah. it will help make you laugh for that. So, I mean, the onion collects a whole bunch of stuff. It collects its own stuff and it does other specials, but there's something about our dumb century making fun of like uh, Woodstock and the T-Rex. I mean, when they discovered the T-Rex skeleton for the first time, it says bones of Satan found. <laughs> it's just, that's just it. I just think it's nice to connect with history yes, in yes. that way. And that's so, what you're yeah. describing is kind of why I enjoyed the uh, the Daily Show when the Daily Show used to put out like America. Oh yeah, and, America uh, and, and Earth. I have one of them. I think I have Our Dumb World by The Onion and I have America. But, but yeah, I read Earth by Daily Show too. And that's, it's so funny. Some of the sections are so small. Like if you're just reading this, you might skip a whole bunch. So you're just going to go back through it. Also, great book to keep in your bathroom. Oh, wow. And I, you know what? You know what? You got you're real and I appreciate it. it. Yeah, in the bath, you're in your bathroom a lot during this quarantine too. You're not out there in public bath restrooms. True, you're using your toilet or no one else's toilet that's right, right now. That's right, and your toilet so. paper. Don't forget that. That's a uh, yeah. Don't. That's use, I mean, I guess if you have to use the onion, but I would recommend our dumb century. Okay. Uh, so. Do you have any, Do you have any sci-fi on your list? I've got a couple here, and I, here's one that I think you'll agree with. <laughs> oh, Lonely- I sure do. But go ahead. Loneliest girl in the universe by Lauren Fletcher. Yeah, there's another like super isolated, yeah. even more yeah. the castaway than that's, uh, the that's Martian. True. That's She's true. She's further in space by herself. That's right. So yeah. if you're not familiar with this book, it was our YA for Adults book club pick, I want to say in 2019. And although it could have been, uh, who knows? But we had Lauren Fletcher, he the author. 
We did, oh, yes. Twenty nineteen, and, and that's such a fun interview because this book is very twisty. Did we? Or was it twenty eighteen? I can't. I honestly don't know. But that was a really fun interview because this book is. Uh, we ended up just having to say, look, this is going to be a spoiler episode because we have to talk about everything that happens in the book because a lot happens. But this book is all about a teenage girl who finds herself like the sole survivor of a colony ship that's just blasted <laughs> off into space. And it deals yeah. a lot with her with her loneliness and her... She was um, born on the ship. She was born on the ship, yeah. So it deals yeah. with her need to connect with people and some of the choices that she makes because of that need and do not yeah, serve like us, her well do not serve her yeah. well so i like think us, that's a perfect she's, book. uh she's connecting with people through uh yep emails and uh tv shows yes exactly soap so that, yes so that is a that is a book and and uh, like basically zoom videos as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's a yep. it's a book for our times but i love that book anyway but i think even more now it's a it's a perfect time yep. to read that book speaking of sci-fi i have picked the illustrated encyclopedia of science fiction is that the one that's like your old school favorite when you were a kid no 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 that's a uh that's a different book okay this one is was it by dk you would think it is of course it's by dk sounds like it it is a massive tome of the history of science fiction books and literature and uh, special sections are given to movies as well. And it goes through authors and will tell you like their prominent works and their bibliography. And I mean, it's, it's one, it's a fun read by itself, but then it's also gonna just send you off reading everything else that you read in it. You're gonna be like, oh, well now I've got to read that book that mm-hmm. I just talked up. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see how like science fiction and fantasy have evolved as the genres. And it's fun to, then find your favorite authors and see what he has to say about them. But then also new, like this guy right here, Italo uh, Calvino. I'm not familiar with him, but uh, there he is. Sci-fi author born 19. I, I didn't know this guy. I you should check him out. You got him right in an encyclopedia, so, so why not? And I tell you what, it's beautifully illustrated, too. Okay. So it's like one of those really nice coffee table books that you hmm. actually want to read through. Also, if I may just say, sounds like a decent bathroom book. Yeah, it is. It's a fantastic bathroom book. Okay. I, I mean, I couldn't make a list like this without including at least a Star Trek book. So uh-huh. the one the one that I'm putting forth uh, is perfect for this, but is also available as an audiobook uh, read by James Doohan, who plays Scotty, through Libby or Overdrive. So you can check this out, and it's a full – it's, you know, sound effects and music in the works. So – uh, and James Dewan is like a is a is great with voices, so he does really good impressions of of all the crew. But this is basically a uh, a bottle episode kind of a story. It's called Kobayashi Maru by mm-hmm. Julie Eckler. And if you're not familiar with the Kobayashi Maru, it's a test that all of, everybody in Starfleet has to take this command test to basically judge their skills and their instincts in a no win scenario. Mm-hmm. So. What the frame story for this book is uh, a few of the crew members, so Captain Kirk, Sulu, Chekhov, and Scotty, and Dr. McCoy, are in a shuttle, and they crash, and they have no hope of rescue, and they're just marooned. They're all stuck here. They can't leave the shuttle. They got nowhere to go. And so the Kobayashi Maru comes up, and they each take a turn explaining what happened during their Kobayashi Maru test. So it's very much like a bottle episode of a 90s sitcom um, but it's just it's just a lot of fun. They're trapped. They can't go anywhere. So they're just like telling stories with their friends. And again, that's available as an e- audiobook on Overdrive or Libby. Is the Kobayashi Maru in episodes of Star Trek, or was it because it's in the movie? It is in the Wrath of Khan, and it's in Star Trek, like Chris Pine Star Trek. Okay, they only show it in the Chris Pine one, right? 
the only time you actually see it happen, well, I mean, the Kobayashi Maru is happening for uh, Savik in Wrath of Khan. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So you see yeah. Savik take is, the is test. Is Khan where the one where he said I cheated or something? Yeah, you find out, and that they go into that in the book. You find out that Kirk right. did some did some rewriting of the program to make it a little bit more accessible for him, which and is then something. In the Fine movie. They literally you show actually that happen. see it happen. Right. Yes. Yep. I don't believe in no-win situations. Exactly. <laughs> Kobayashi Maru by Julie Eckler. Yeah. Okay. So watch Rathacon, read that book, watch sure. Chris Pine. Sure. I mean, the, the, yeah, the book is like recounting the story. So yeah, if you want to see like the, the classic crew members do the Kobayashi Maru, this is the book right, for cool. you. And Why would you get started They're all trapped. It? They're all trapped in social. Cool. Well, James Doohan does a lot with voices. He made a lot of the old Klingon language in the show, but in the animated series, James Doohan... Yeah, James Doohan voiced basically every guest star. Like, sometimes he's doing four or five voices in those episodes, and he was a real mimic and was able to do that with his voice. So his Captain Kirk is spot on, and the Sulu wow. Sulu's pretty good, too. So Wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that about yeah. Doohan. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Last of the weirder choices, this is the one you were remembering. Mm-hmm. Writing science fiction and fantasy... Learn how to get the science and magic right. Develop believable fantasy. Anyways, by Crawford Killian. You actually got me like a first edition of this. I did. That came with the yeah. came with the CD program that I didn't know ever came with it. Now you do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have the energy to like do anything creative right now. But hopefully reading this would spur somebody to then do something creative mm-hmm. uh, during this time. It also just kind of goes through some more history. But I think I said this on the nonfiction one. The reason I like the writing science fiction and fantasy book by Crawford Killian is that it made me feel like a slightly better reader of sci-fi and fantasy. And I understood the subgenres and the tropes and certain metaphors a little bit better going in than I did before reading that. Mm -hmm. So in terms of like taking up your time and keeping your mind occupied, that book will help. Okay. This is another that that we've discussed in the past. I think it was on my Books of the Year episode there, but Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. This is one that... Which you aren't excited for because you don't think... You're not excited for the movie because you don't think Amy Adams is going to be good in this. No, I don't. But, you know, Amy Adams to me is like the new Anne Hathaway. It's like enough already, you know? But sorry. Get that Anne Hathaway. <laughs> she didn't ask for that. Look, we're all just we're all just surviving. Screw you for being the most beautiful woman in the world, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Woman in the Window by A.J. <laughs> Finn. So this was sort of like uh-huh. if uh, if Rear Window and uh, the Girl on the Train like had a love child, it would be the Woman in the Window. I think actually this is the perfect. Which two books? <laughs> woman, the Train, and which one else? Rear Window. Re- oh, Rear like Window. Hitchcock. Okay, yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like a uh, like a, a graduate situation. Hmm. In what way? Girl on the Train is a okay. younger book. Okay. Oh, and, I see. Uh, I see. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> the you, rear window you is mean, trying to seduce. Sorry. So sorry. You mean the actual romance between the Hitchcock film? Yeah, the romance. Rear yeah. And Robinson. the new book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The woman. Yes. <laughs> the girl on the train is going to walk in and be like, "Are you trying to seduce me, yes. Rear Window?" <laughs> yes. I understand. I understand the metaphor now, and I'm all for it. Yes, that's exactly correct. But no, this one, this one, I think elevates that that whole like a, a broken woman solves a mystery bubble that that happened a few mm-hmm. years back. Um, I, think, dead, yeah. I think the mystery really it's it's a page turner. It's a quick read. It gives you a lot of intrigue. Uh, I think this is the perfect one when you're sitting stuck in your house. You know, get some coffee and sit down and read this book. Okay. 
I'm going to suggest, and listen, I'm kind of a hypocrite because I've only read the first four books of this. Oh my series, gosh. Okay? Hypocrite. I saw some people, I saw some people listing like the Lord of the Rings and other stuff. I, I do not agree with that. I'm going to say the Wheel of Time series. Mm. And yeah, I've only read the first four books, but there, what is it? 13 is the total. Something like that. And then a couple of prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've loved the first four books that I've read. And there, as I've read them, each book has gotten better and better than the last one. And I hear that stops being true in the middle hmm. of the series, which which is fine. Yes, but they are just it, it. The world building is just so rich and so detailed, and it's written in That's such. True. I but I think it's very readable. They're very long, but whereas like Lord of the Rings, its reputation is very dry. Yeah. I really think there's a lot to sink your teeth into with the Wheel of Time series. Uh, with the books that I've read, I think the action is weirdly well described in a way that usually I turn out, I turn my brain off when yeah. I'm reading action scenes in books. Like with the Wheel of Time series, I'm like in it. The first couple of books that I've read have had some of the most epic moments in fantasy that I've ever read. Yeah, I think like if you're gonna have to pick like one fantasy series to go through. I'm gonna suggest the Wheel of Time series. Uh, My wife and is not a just huge fan. Of huge fan of the yeah, series. Yeah, she's super excited for the Amazon series, she right? She is, yes. I've only read the first two books, and as I've yeah. been on record many a times, like, fantasy is not my genre. But I yeah. do have to say, like, I, I agree with you that they, they really held my attention, and there are moments from those books that I re- can recall, like, crystal clear. You know, like, they, they yeah, really, right. they were so well done and so well described that I feel like it's something that I watched, not just read. Mm-hmm. So, while I don't intend to read the next ten books, I'm glad that I right. read the two that I did, and I think that's a that's a pretty solid recommendation. Yeah, so that would be that recommendation, just that massive series. Okay, so uh, yeah, mine, pick up the fifth book. <laughs> mine, we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back a ways here because it's Tarzan of the Apes. Back in time. Uh, ah, yes. the first Tarzan. Tarzan of the Apes by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Now, is this where Tarzan is a Don't. detective, or no. is this where Tarzan Stop. actually on the Titanic? This much like. Would the- you read a book with Tarzan? On the Titanic. I fully believe that that book exists. <laughs> I fully believe that. Because this, uh, like with The Matrix, you know, you uh-huh. just want to say, Tarzan, there's one. There's one Tarzan. Uh, there sure, can yeah. be I, only I one. Um, Absolutely. Because the first book <laughs> I really think is amazing. I think it's, it's one of the best books I've read. It is so mm-hmm. engaging and you just really feel for that character and you get a sense of like his experience and, and the way he grows up, the way he figures out how to communicate and all that. It, first of all, really speaks to isolation and a sense of being on your own in a way that you're not used to. But of course, Tarzan, I mean, he grows up that way, so he can't quite figure out what's wrong. He just knows that something is. And as he goes through and figures right. that out... It's a really well done book, and the characters are much more like if you only, if you only see the Disney movie, for example, the character uh-huh. of Clayton and some of the others in there are much more. There's a much more depth than than you might think. But book two, he's basically a secret agent, and it's mm-hmm. terrible. But that first book, okay. if you haven't read the first book, I definitely yeah. recommend it. We need to either find this Tarzan on the Titanic book or write this Tarzan on the Titanic book. Uh, yeah, I'll. Uh, you know, I don't know. This, this harkens back to the early days where we wanted to write a sequel to a book uh, that that needed a sequel. Gosh. So I mean, if we just and then dis- we but and if then we, we just- wrote a book for a sequel that actually did have <laughs> yeah. a sequel. There are many many sequels to Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, just mm-hmm. as there are many to Tarzan. But we could uh, we could we could workshop this absolutely. Yeah. All right, I'm going to suggest the entire Sandman comic book series by Neil Gaiman. Wow. 
Okay. The the ten volumes, and you know, there's two other ones the uh, that I really like: Endless uh, uh, Sandman Overture and Sandman Endless Nights. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. I'm gonna recommend the entire Sandman series because, like uh, what I was saying about Wheel of Time, it's just rich with uh, world building and all the small uh, small little details. It goes super deep into just the idea of what stories are. And there's all these like stories where Morpheus just kind of interacts. So it's all this different stuff. But like the whole dream world, it's just so interesting. I think it's just something that like in this time you can just really sink your teeth into and get incredibly lost into it. And it's, you know, also considered one of the greatest graphic novels ever made. So that's what they tell me. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody. My wife, my wife read the first one and she can go through, she can handle serial killers, but it gets very dark Mm. and deals with some really dark, hard to read topics at times. But I think, I think it's one of those things you can get super lost into. So if I was going to suggest like one comic book, I over Watchmen or any of that other stuff that would like take you through it. I'm going to, I'm going to say Sandman. Okay. You just got you just got quiet and distant. Oh yeah, that's how I get when I think oh, about the Sandman. There we go. Okay, now I can hear you. Go. <laughs> well, this one's a little off the wall, but I'm going to say there's a play called Butterflies Are Free by Leonard Gersh. The premise of this is you you have a guy who breaks away from his very controlling home, gets an apartment all by himself. Um, his his mother specifically doesn't want him to do this because he's blind and she doesn't trust that he can right. do this on his own. But he needs his space, and so he goes and. He's gone from someone else having supreme control over him to having this sort of freedom. And the apartment next to them, and there's a door in between, a very free spirit uh, young lady lives there. And the two of them hit it off, and they have such different backgrounds. But it's sort of about this little bubble that the two of them create just within the walls of these two apartments where they, I don't know, have this really special thing that, that it's just between the two of them trapped in, mm-hmm. in these two little apartments and so that to me sort of said you know well that's it's maybe the the positive side of <laughs> being one place not being able to go anywhere else is is the this relationship that forms between the two of them so i thought maybe that was a more optimistic look at uh being trapped home in your apartment but it's, it's mm-hmm. an excellent play and the, uh, there's also a movie with goldie hawn as well yeah that was it was fun it's been forever since i read this but there's a book called the blue zones Okay. Lessons for Living Longer from People Who Live the Longest by Dan Bootner. It's like a travelogue. He goes to all these different locations that have the highest concentration of, uh, what is it, centurions? What are, not, not centurions. Yeah. No, now I'm confused. What's the man and machine power extreme versus people who live to 100? <laughs> I think it's just centurions. Centurions, okay. Yeah. Centurions, man and machine, power extreme. Exactly. Right, yes. okay. You got it. Uh, centurions, yeah. And like he kind of digs into what they do in their life, why they're 110 and able to like lift 80 pounds and carry it down a mountain and all this stuff. And this is why I want to be careful because I'm remembering like some of the stuff is stuff I think you can still do in this. Like it's there's a lot of nice mental stuff in here, oh, okay. such as a lot of people will have family shrines. Up. And so just the act of having a wall that is just like a shrine of your family mm. and legacy. And it reminds you that you're part of something mm-hmm. you're you know, you're, it's not just you. You're part of this tree. Right. It talks about diets, which is a little rough for some people right now in terms of like what we can eat, but that's for sure. Uh, it it kind of talks about what they eat. It talks about how having a garden gives you something to get out to do. Mm-hmm. It keeps uh, you physical, and so just all these like s- different things that these people do 
and share amongst them consistent, consistently and what helps them, what he kind of, you know, talks about being the reasons why they live so long. So I don't know, it, it, this time maybe it's just good to read that and be like, okay, here are maybe some things I can do in this, uh, in this situation mm-hmm. right now, you know? Yeah, okay. Blue Zones All right. by Dan Butiner. <laughs> All right. I, you know, in any situation where tasked with recommending books, there's going to be a Jack Finney in here because he's my all-time favorite. Sure. But I'm going to say Invasion of the Body Snatchers because mm. it is a story about uh, needing to stay away from other people, and <laughs> needing to isolate yourself and sure. avoid spreading something that is that is taking everybody down. And a lot of Jack Finney's work deals with the idea of a person being an outsider in whatever situation they're in. So Time and Again, or the Woodrow Wilson Dime, or even Assault on a Queen, they're all stories about somebody who kind of has their own personal mission or goal and and sticking to that separates them from the people around them. So that's a theme that he explores a lot, but I think particularly well in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and it just seems it seems a little relevant to the times. Yeah, I've been, I haven't really been talking about, like, books about, like, plagues and apocalypses and whatnot, yeah. but if I was going to, yeah. I would suggest Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mendel, yep. who also has a new book out right now, but I haven't read, The Glass Castle, mm-hmm. am I right saying that? No, no, that's the other book. Yeah, that's Jeanette Walls. I, anyway, it has a new book out. And also The Canticle of Leibowitz it's by Walter M. Miller Jr., which uh, deals with some monks post-nuclear uh, war, slowly uh, helping rebuild society with what the information they have. And also, what was the other one I was going to suggest? I assumed that? you were going to say World War Z. World War Z, yeah, that's it's very entertaining. Uh, we've talked about that a lot, mainly because you... We did the book club. We did a whole episode, yeah. There was no, maybe it was just Station Eleven, Canticle of Leibowitz. Okay. I don't know if I would suggest Lord of the Flies right now. It's mm. it's pretty depressing. The yeah. thing about Station Eleven and Canticle for Leibowitz is that I find them, even at their lowest points, still inspiring or uplifting. Like Canticle for Leibowitz gives you some hope in mankind. Station Eleven kind of shows you the beauty that can come out of out of all that destruction. Yeah, those two I would suggest if you want something that's also it's kind of scary and whatnot. Yeah, then World War Z, because I'm sure we'll be getting the coronavirus version of this yes, in a year or two. Definitely. Just just tales. The year we lost by yeah. whoever. That's a good title. Uh, That's a good title yeah. already. Thanks. Oh, speaking of titles, The Glass Hotel is Emily St. The Glass Hotel, yes. Yep. yes. All right, okay. for my final book, this is a graphic novel that I just randomly, I don't know, we, I, I ordered this for the library because of mm. the author and because of uh, the reviews and things, but it's called Moon Cop by Tom Gold. Oh, yeah. And it's just, I mean, Quick it's... read. It is sad. Very, <laughs> it is, it, well, it's sad, but it's also a little hopeful as well. Mm-hmm. But it is it is just what it says. It's about a, a man who's a cop on the moon. And it's a very simple, very simple graphic novel, a very simple story. But it deals with isolation and loneliness, but also like a, a layer of hope and, and mm-hmm. things to look forward to. It, I thought it was a really kind of a beautiful story. Um, and I think, you know, now more than ever, it makes sense to, to pick that up. We do have it in our collection. So when the big green doors open, come in and check out Moon Cop. Actually, I think we have all of these that I've mentioned. They so are far. big green doors. Very yeah. big. Very heavy. Big. Mm-hmm. Heavy. Yeah. Strong right. wind will knock you right over with those things. Do you want to bring us home with your final pick? Oh, uh, boy. You know, it's rough because I've already said, uh, I already said a comic book. I should have just said, here's all the comic books you should read. Well, you can throw in a couple of titles. 
Me- message me for a comic book yeah. you should read. What's another one? It, you know what? I'll just say it. Uh, the whole Calvin and Hobbes series. The oh, complete okay. Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. That will bring some joy to your life. Just, mm-hmm. uh, just they're so funny. They're so warm at times. Uh, and at the end, with there being magic everywhere, it's just... I mean, it's just so good. And, you know, if you haven't read Calvin Hobbes, then I guess that's kind of like, I guess you're the person I'm telling this to because you should read Calvin Hobbes. It's great, and it's a classic for a reason. Uh, but if you have read Calvin Hobbes, there's nothing more I, I really need to say to you. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just so good. And reading it as an adult, when I read it as a kid, it felt like I was reading things about my life that I was doing, like just being outside and in the woods and all this other stuff. But reading it as an adult, it does – take you back there but you also understand the headier jokes more so i think calvin hobbs is like the pinnacle of newspaper comic strips i don't think it's ever going to get better than calvin and hobbs and if they all disappeared and all we had was calvin hobbs we'd be we'd still be okay as a society well i think it's a very uh, it's a solid choice i guess comic book wise i don't know you've never dug it but batman no man's land oh yeah would i guess kind of fit the world right now yeah also Get a hold of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the uh, the player's guide. See if there's something in there you like. Maybe you can do that over Zoom. Yeah. How are you not leading a Dungeons and Dragons game for us already? How is that not happening? <laughs> I Zoom. don't understand. Yeah, I, I guess don't understand I don't why trust we're not everybody's, doing that. Uh, everybody to tell me what they really rolled over a camera. Oh, I see. All right, All right you see. need a 19. Good, I got a 19. <laughs> oh, what are the odds? Wow. Did you get a 19? Yeah. <laughs> Fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons is definitely something I would recommend. I've played different versions of D and D, but I've always been kind of intimidated to run it. But I got myself uh, the copies of Fifth Edition a while ago and ran some games with it, and it, it it works pretty well. So I think if you're new to the whole tabletop gaming and you want to do something, I mean, this is as good as it can get when it comes to what games can I play over over the internet with somebody because all they need is to have dice. If they have dice. That's fine, and dice can get pretty cheap. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'd, uh, I'd I'd at least suggest the player's manual. See if there's something in there you like, and then uh, go for there. Listen, and there's virtual I, dice. You can if you if you use the program Roll Twenty, uh, they provide you with the dice there and character sheets. So, wow, yeah. Well, I, I think you need to commit on Mike right now that you're going to run a D and D game for us over over some sort of platform. Zoom? I have Zoom or something? Yes. Yeah. I can I can put something together. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it on our, our quarantine books here. Uh, we'll we'll put this list out on Twitter and all that, so you can you can find these again. And as I said, most of these are available at the David A. Howe Public Library. Some on uh, on ebook or audiobook through the Libby or Overdrive app. So I hope you'll find some of them there. Yeah. If you haven't used uh, Libby or Overdrive either at Perfect the David A. Howe Public Library and STLS or whatever version your library has i'm pretty sure like overdrive is pretty universal yeah i think so and even in other countries they have i have talked to people in europe who have things like this that aren't called overdrive but they're called something else it's the same program Mm -hmm. so like you know wherever you are your library is most definitely offering yes ebooks and digital offerings so if you have a library card you can still be getting new new stuff with that absolutely uh, so you should definitely check that out right now. And I will just say locally, uh, prior to this, at, at the start of this year, we had all agreed as a system to way increase what we were putting into yeah. uh, ebooks and audiobooks. So uh, the, the collection is more robust than it's ever been, and it's a perfect time for it. So just as Eric says, give us a call or send us an email. 
Find us uh, on Twitter at all the book show or David A. Howe Library, and uh, we'll we'll get you set up. If you don't have a card, we can do that remotely mm-hmm. as well. And I'm sure if you're not local to us, your local library can do the same thing. So uh, get in touch with them and, and let's do some reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, remember, you can find us at soundcloud.com slash all the books or anywhere you find your podcast. So take a minute to rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends, tell your grandma. Maybe your grandma could get into podcasts since we're all trapped at home right now. I think. Yeah, tell her it's like an old radio show. And we even have an old radio episode. Start her out with the old radio show episode we did. You know what? Can I be honest here? My grandma loved it. Did she? The Dragnet episode. Yeah, she did. Great. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else you want to say to our friends? I'm so we... scared. I thought that identity fraud was never going to be yeah. dealt with. You sound just like her. It's crazy. <laughs> All right, we're going to bring it to a close here at the All the Book Show, but make sure you join us next week for part two of our lockdown series where we talk movies to watch while trapped at home. We'll see you then. Bye.